Is it the <laughs> Natasha from Niederberg? Yes, it's the <laughs> Natasha from Niederberg, and we're extremely, extremely honoured to have her here this evening. So, guys, I'm Martine Solomon, um, founder and CEO of um, Zanzi Financial Education and Media, and we do exactly what our name says: we educate. We teach people about finance, and we we have a very strong media and digital um, presence. I'm extremely honoured to welcome our guest here this evening. Um, I'm sure you've read her her bio on our page, but I am not going to feel comfortable if I don't pay homage to my to my best friend, um, so <laughs> Natasha. Um, she's a graduate. Um, from uh, she's a BSc graduate from Stellenbosch University, BSc Agriculture, uh, and oh. one of the best um, agricultural scientists that I know of, and I've met many of them throughout the world. But one thing that Natasha has been able to do is marry head and heart. And I think in any industry, I mean, we heard um, with, from our talk with Billy Silicani the other night that culture is so important. And what yes. Natasha has done is she's just encompassed her culture and she moves forward with it, whether you like it or not. It's a death or die where she's concerned. <laughs> um, I'm very, very fortunate to call her my friend and my sister. We serve um, in the front line for women in agriculture in Africa together, um, which is something we're going to take a million times higher um, and, yes. and, and quite, quite fast. Um, uh -huh. So, you know what? I'm not going to say any more, but Natasha, I, I just want you to just say hi to our guests and just give them a brief introduction of who you are, because um, unfortunately, they don't know you as well as I do, but I'm sure <laughs> they will get to know you after this. So yes. the floor is yours, Martin. Thank you so much, Martin. This is really an honor for me to sit with Martin. I think I know you now for the past three years, if I'm not no, mistaken. much longer than three years. Much longer, 2015, yeah. I think. But yeah. we actually came to talk actually as friends in 2017. Yeah. The funny part is you actually attended one of the places where I was a winemaker at Niederberg still, and you came with your family and attended the function. So yes. that's how I met Martin. But yeah. I must say, just looking back, like Martinez um, talked about me now being a winemaker, I was um, studied Stellenbosch based, um, born and bred there. A girl from Klutisville, Kalachik, grew up in the colored community there. And I think so many times when you look at agri-science, a lot of people would ask me, so why agri-science? Why did you go and study it? I think my love just for the soil in terms of what my parents in to be honest, um, has instilled in me. We grew up with a vegetable garden at the back of our yard. We used to make ginger beer. I always tell my team in my 20 liter gatte ice cream. Those of you who are from Cape Town, you would know, or whoever have done that gatte 20 liter, we would the, fold the it tin. up. The tin one, yes. Yes. The tin one. So when it's empty, that will be our June vacation project with my mom and our kids, and we will make our own ginger beer. And that's actually my first introduction, to be honest, to wine making in a sense of fermentation, which I never thought at that stage it's what you actually are doing until I studied agri-science BSc at University of Stellenbosch. So after school, um, growing up there, I went to university and I studied agri-science. And my love for nature is the key thing and for people, to be honest. I love people. I love nature. And I, lucky for me, 
I loved science. <laughs> so that's how I came to agri-science. In my first year, I didn't study, um, to be honest, agri-science. I studied something totally different, a BSc normal. And then I started ending up asking myself, what is next? And I didn't like the lab so much. I wanted to be in nature. And I went in my second year and changed my course without my parents knowing. And I got to <laughs> As we all do. <laughs> the first thing my mom was like, are you going to study the devil's thing? Are you kidding me? Because for her, she just heard the winemaking. She didn't understood it's agri-science. It's just I obviously specialize in winemaking. And I must say, um, brilliant people I've met in this industry. I've ended up in the cell at the end of the day after my studies. And I started at Zonnebloom, making Zonnebloom um, wines, where we also did two oceans, Grasa, Drosteov, in general as bases as well. Huge blends, and then I was reappointed in 2013 as white wine maker at Niederberg, where I was the head wine maker for them, and the white wine side with the wine, the sweet wines, and the rosé wines as well. And my journey from there on, a lot of um, people that knows me, I think the key thing for me was always to say, um, you have to. I always say that to people. Someone, I've, I've done a talk last year at University of Stellenbosch in October about my journey as a person of color within the industry. And someone asked me, so Natasha, um, what are you doing for transformation? Because one of the students was like, yeah, but currently the industry is not transformed. What are you doing? And I said to them, you know what I'm doing? I showed up. I made sure that I was the best in what I did while I was a winemaker. And I made sure that whoever comes after me as a person of color doesn't have to work as hard as I have to because I've paved the way for people to believe in us as people of color to be in the wine industry. And yeah. I think that is any industry is like that. And we have to be honest. I think people have to work a little bit harder in any industry and specifically in the industry I'm in. We all know male dominant um, white, but I'm one of the people with all the respect that doesn't look at color in that way. I look at what am I there to bring to the table, my value proposition, if I can put it like that, and that is key for me. Amen. So people remember what you stand for or what you've done. And, that and you is stand why your I ground speak. whether they like it or not, right? And it's I not think, easy. I mean, it's not you, I, yes. I, I, I understand it because, you know, obviously, in my corporate years, it was pretty much the same. But you know what, Natasha, there's a question there, um, Mr. Arthur Wade Anderson, Joanna mm -hmm. Maiki. Um, yes. He's asking, <laughs> how many people of color are doing what you're doing? To be honest, if I have to look at currently our statistics, it's, it's, it's not a lot. I see a few. Kiara just came up here. Hi, Kiara. She's actually a colored winemaker. Shout um, out to you, Kiara. Yes, um, and there's not a lot. Currently, if I have to say, it has to be 10% at this moment still. Remember, we are not the um, people of color doesn't own vines. We don't own farms in, in the industry of wine industry specifically. We are not people that actually own any of this current assets, even a seller. So no one, all of us are either working for someone or be owning wine brands. So but that is why we're having this conversation tonight, right, Natasha? It changes right here, right now. Absolutely. Because, because it's, it's not that we can't afford to have it. 
And we need to have those frank conversations because our mindsets need to change as well, right? It 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 Definitely. all stands with us. It all yes. It it all leans on us. And like you said, you've had mm. to pay pave the way. Um, mm. You know, um, it means that in order for us to pave the way right now in the in this dire moments in our in our country and globally, we actually mm. need to stand firm and say. We all starting from ground zero, so we leveling the playing fields. I personally feel coronavirus is has done that to come and say, guys, you know what? Here's other people that can do things as well. Yes. So come on, yes. right? Yes. So I I think you know I'm I'm sure people want to know a lot more about the wine because it's something that everybody <laughs> loves and enjoys. But I think for us the topic this evening was more about. the agricultural space yes as a whole and how yes. do we how do we transform from our perspective because obviously we're fighting against the wind right when yeah. we, if we wanting to take on the corporate um farming agricultural sector so we're fighting against the wind essentially Absolutely. And, and we all know how that and we all know how that works so i think yeah. for me i want to just open the floor to you to tell us because i mean you and i have this conversations on a daily basis and this is what inspired this live this evening because yes. i believe that you know as you know we're the ones that are in the forefront pushing for transformational change um on um on the forefront of agriculture but the people that we need support from which is the people right here on this platform and beyond right in the in they don't understand where we're coming from because we're not getting oh. the message across so i'd love oh. to leave the floor to you to say to you where do you see us going to um where do you see us going to as a you know as as a transformed yes sector in agriculture without disrupting or pissing people off that way like right yes. now So I'll, let, let's I just love call it spade a spade and not a garden. <laughs> I love the pissing people off. I love pissing people off too, Natasha. Yeah. You know that's how we roll. We we, we like, disrupt and we ask the uncomfortable questions. And you know, know. people get pissed off with us, but they can't do without us. And and that's reality. And that's but reality. Please with, but please share with us the the little bit of knowledge that we've been talking about in the last yes. few weeks of yeah. transformation, etc. I know where I do you start, right? So where do you start? But I, I just want to say, just moving from the wine industry, I've seen our Chandra. Hello, Chandra. Also a hey, Chandra, um, another female winemaker guy. Female winemaker. Um, and what I want to say is, I think so many times, and I love the fact that you say pissing people off. I think we need to understand that this is the industry in general. Agriculture is a space. When I walked into a class, for instance, I was looked upon eighty other students. Make it seventy-five because we were five from eighty-five people of color. Um, looking at me, think in their brains, probably asking, "What the hell are you doing? Your dad doesn't have a car." <laughs> yeah. And I know that was what they were thinking because afterwards they said that to me in one of our when we were fourth year. And the, the funny part is, I'm still friends with most of them today, and. Yeah. 
I, I, I'm honestly telling you, Martina, I think when it comes to the industry in general, we are so behind in terms of so many things we need to do. But if we just have to just take away from whatever the ones, so just agriculture in general, I believe I have a quote that I love when it comes to agriculture. And I always say that to people. I still believe it's one of the industries that can bring so much wealth to a any generation or any um country if you do it right and my quote is agriculture is our widest our wisest pursuit because it will at the end bring obviously the most real wealth good models and happiness um currently just looking at agriculture within south africa if you think about it, food security people are currently um breaking doors. I'm here in Cape Town where so many people are breaking in. Um, yeah, some also break into the bottle store because they don't have the collection at the back. Forget <laughs> that. <laughs> but <laughs> other people are, are obviously breaking in because they need food. There's no food parcels for some people within. And remember, most of us, I grew up in a household. We live from paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. So the question is, is agriculture really something we should, we should say is just for the few of us? It should be for all of us. And I think so many times, still being an, not an inclusive industry when it comes to agriculture, this is where we're going to lose the battle. If we're not going to understand food security comes from agriculture. And I think everyone needs agriculture. And the sad reality is, Martine, is the fact that our kids don't understand agriculture, if I have to say it myself. People of color, um, black people, our kids don't understand agriculture. We see agriculture as farming only. We see it as a place where so many of us has been enslaved in. We see it as a place where so many of us have seen how our dad and our moms have been treated badly and not respected. I can tell it yourself because I have family growing up on the farms. My dad grew up on the farm. And I think this is where the, the, the narrative needs to change for me. It's starting at even the younger generation and our kids currently understanding what agriculture is really about. And it shouldn't be something you run away. You know, when it comes to science, a lot of people I say, it's sad that so many people struggle to understand that it's actually just what you used to do for me having a vegetable garden. That was agriculture was about, but also extended to such a way it's actually science. And, yeah. and so many times kids don't even know that, that it's a science. I, I, I'm, I'm, to be honest, so sad with how many kids don't like to do science. And I think this is actually one of the places where agriculture, having urban gardens at school, having so many things that start with a grassroots approach that kids can change their perception when it comes to agriculture. Yeah. But so yeah, it's, as we it's pretty yeah. much like we 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 readying our kids for for IR for the oh. fourth industrial revolution. Absolutely, we're readying our kids for that. Yet, so many of our schools don't have even the the basic facility in order to for our kids to learn these things, right? Coding, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. My philosophy is, and we have this conversation on a daily basis, Natasha, you and I, but just for our, just for our viewers, oh. my philosophy is that we can have as much technology in the world as we want to, but we still, as humans, we still need, need to, to eat. eat. And Thank yes, you. we're suffering. We, we, we panic as a, as a, um, as a, 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 globally, we're panicking around a pandemic. Um, you know, uh, COVID-19, when we're suffering pandemics around the world with people going Absolutely. hungry each and every yeah. day, we have yeah. the solutions, but we 
you know, mm. because we, it, it's taboo for us because we, mm. you know how our parents mm. are, we must be a lawyer or a teacher or a doctor or mm. whatever. Go and talk to them about farming. They look at you like, what the heck? And it's up to us yes. to change the narrative. So yes. do you think we should share with the, with the viewers our plan, Natasha? Yes, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I, don't you know know? If I don't know, man. Do you think they deserve it though? <laughs> I think or should we just surprise them? No, 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 no. I, I think it is important that, yes, I see a lot of people commenting about uh, um, academics and that's exactly where I'm coming to. I, yeah. For me personally, in a, a school where I grew up, we had 300 kids, for instance, just to round off. And in that five, we were five kids doing maths and science higher grade. Yeah. And only three of us went to university of Salah, of, to a university, to be honest. And that is the reality. And I always say to people, we can't change a narrative. We don't understand the basis or we understand where the problem actually underlines. It starts with our education system. Yes, it's Absolutely. true. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, do, did I have agri-science in school? No. So the moment when someone said to me, you have soil science, I'm like, are you kidding me? Is this a subject? And you know what soil science entails? It's physics, it's science, literally like your physics science. It is actually biology and biochemistry. And that is where it starts. And I've sat in schools where we didn't have that opportunity and still true for today. If you look at yeah. so many of schools and what the normal kid goes to. So the question that I always say when it comes to agriculture, if we want to change the narrative, we talk about land reform. Let me not go there when it comes to land reform. <laughs> I, I sometimes want to ask our people, are we ready for land reform? Not to say we have land reform. Yes, I understand we're not transformed, but if land reform requires you to have the knowledge of something you need to do, meaning agri-science, and yet this is the last thing most of our kids are being born into or most of our kids are being taught, are you really thinking that we can change the narrative if we don't start at the grassroots approach? And I think this is where most of the time we struggle to understand. I've now just to give you an idea, they had a um, the African Transformation Forum in 2018. They had it in Accra in Ghana. And they have that's where they've also obviously looked at unemployment. Look at our industry current, uh, just for South Africa, but they've looked at Africa. The sub-Saharan currently is obviously um, third of the fifth of our, our, our South inhabitants, our, our people at the moment. It is the age of 25 and below. And if we look at this, you will see this is the success currently, that a 45% increase will be by 2030 which means that this is where we're going to have that wow. most of the people in our Africa continent is going to be such a young and youthful generation that they're going to start having to teach each other certain things. And, and that is where me and you were talking as well. I think when it comes to agri-science, eh, when I walked into that agri-science department, I realized I am 10 steps behind for so many kids that has been in schools, that has lived on farms. Absolutely. I bring it closer to home, Natasha. I bring it closer yes. to home. You tutored my son for grade 11 and 12 with agri-sciences at school level. Yes. And you picked up 
you know, irrespective, he was getting it at school level. He was still disadvantaged because he's not exposed to it. It's not, it's not his social. Yes. Um, yes. It's, it's not from, from his social yes. background, right? So he was yes. disadvantaged. And you, you picked that up and you said to me, you know what? It's because he's not been exposed to it all the time. And yes. at, at a younger uh, um, level. Yes. That, so I That's can only understand how daunting it was for you if it was that daunting for him in, in, at school level. Yes. And, and you see, your kid went to, we can name the school now, Paul <laughs> Boys. It is a school that has agri-science yeah. as a subject. Yeah. I went to a normal government school, a coloured school, where agri-science is nowhere to be found. The only thing I had closest to agri-science was geography. And this is the reality of so many kids within our current unfortunate curriculum sector that we're sitting within in most of the public schools. So where do we start? And that is where I said to you, my heart will always be agriculture. And I've seen so many of the gaps and why I'm saying agriculture, because it's not even the wine. I did wine making for me. It's about food security. We, we're currently in a situation where people are not getting food. They don't have food. I've grown up where our 50% of our bowl was in the backyard of my house. Because my mom's history is her dad was actually a person that they call it the smos. He traded with fruits and vegetables. And right. that's how we had a vegetable garden and a fruit, like some fruits also at the back of our yard. And I think this is where we're going back to. You just said it so early and nicely. So many kids are now in science and mathematics and they are being taught to go into engineering this, doing a doctor all those things. I, I loved what Bill said last time. We all called for passes. When are we called for science? When are we called for engineers? When are we called for... And I think when you look at any country's, um, I'll say, dying need, currently it is for us, for our people to have food. We're in a space where so many people, we have a possibility, a lot of people are going to have job losses. There's going to be situations where the, the breadwinner in the house is not going to be able to provide. So the question is, how are we going to address these things in our country? And I do, do believe it's looking back and saying, how are we going to use agriculture when it comes to even starting your own vegetable gardens at grassroots, teaching kids about it in urban gardening, at schools, hydroponic farming, um, looking at aquaponic farming, to say, this is how we're going to address. And through this process, we teach kids the importance of science. And like you spoke, Natasha, I mean, it could solve so many of our social problems. So um, I guess, you know, at some point, um, so, so something that Natasha and I are working on at the moment, guys, and this is our big reveal, um, is that we want to create a agricultural sciences, um, you know, oh. soil sciences, agricultural sciences, extra murals at schools. So even if yes. parents need to pay a small fee where we will use, um, you know, uh, kids that don't, that have matriculated, that are not working, we can put them through a skills program to get them up skills, create micro businesses for them. And they go around to the schools and they then go and teach little kids the, the science of farming and the importance of farming. And, you know, just just expose them to it at a, yes. at a much earlier age to, uh, yeah. create, to ready to ready the next generation of, yes. of, of farmers, just like we readying the next generation of, um, of, 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 
software developers, of yes. coders, of whatever. We believe it's equally important. So that's something we're really, really working on. Um, yes. So, yeah, this probably you guys can keep us on our toes about it. So, yes. um, you know, we just believe that that's one of the one of the ways that we can change the thinking, the mindsets, the all of those types of things and do it all in one. Have a value, yes. you know, have a value chain where, you know, we, we're taking, we're giving employment, we're creating opportunity, yes. we're doing small business, but we're also yes. imparting value, valuable, valuable knowledge. Yes. So, um, so watch out for that. But um, so true what you say, Natasha, there's something that Arthur said here as well to say, um, government owns the largest percent of land and we are focused on white owned farms. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, we where there are already projects running, why don't yes. we apply pressure on government to free up land to new farmers? Um, I'll leave that to you. Can I, Arthur, I'm so glad you mentioned it. I was going to come there because so many times, and that's why I said I'm not going to even start with land reform because this is exactly where our people need to, and when I say our people, including me, we need to be educated about it. Land reform and I'm not going to touch too much on it. That's exactly due with the point you're mentioning it now, Arthur, because so many people think that, oh, someone needs to give me back my land. Do you know how many land is actually owned by government at the moment as we're sitting in South Africa? And, and I work very closely with um, the, the National Department because I've studied with some of them. This true reality is, and, and, and Martine knows, I ask the uncomfortable questions. I say to them, at this point in time, my, my worry is, is the fact that what are we as a government doing towards the agriculture transformation? Remember, I don't know if you guys know the Maputa Declaration 20, 2003, hey? Yeah. With yeah. the YES project that started yeah. out, yeah. where they said 10% of our government revenue needs to be given back and we should at least 10%. That's a declaration that most of the African continent leaders said that they're going to give back to agriculture. Um, what is interesting, if you look at what's currently happening, our question shouldn't be about what is the white person doing. Our question should ask government, what are they currently doing? Is there a 10% already? That's yeah. the question we should be asking. Have we, we reached ask, a quota? Have we reached a quota in the 10% giving back for agriculture? Because this is where we are at. And then the other part is not just giving stuff to people and not equipping them. I've seen even some of the outcomes of the Yes chapter they did in Ghana, remember in 2018 yeah. was, at the end of there's a com comprehensive database you need. You need markets that you need to open for people to create jobs out of this. We need entrepreneurs, there's skills gaps. There's so many things. It's not just give land. It's not just give this. Um, I sat on adjudication for um, the wine industry board for black-owned farms. Again, we give money, we give maybe a portion of something, which is part of the levies in any case from the wine industry and not necessarily government money. Now we sit and we just give that. Some of those people have never done business. There is no um, current, um, how can I say, ecosystem where they can come and they can be taught how the agriculture business works. And this is key, Martin, because we need collaboration. We need the white farmer. Absolutely. We need the person that sits next to you. If you get the piece of land, if you have it, who's going to hold your hand? Who's going to coach you? Who's going to mentor you through this? I sat with so many farms who doesn't have business mentors. It is scary. You can't so go in the industry and have no clue yeah. of it. Take and this is why our, I say yeah. education is key. Our kids Absolutely. need to start 
planning. And I think even adding on to what we're planning is the entrepreneurship skill part that has to come yeah. into this. We're going to have to have a place where everything you do in any case is a business. It's not a charity. Absolutely. And I think Absolutely. agriculture is still seen as a charity. I'm not here to say, give me your land because my forefathers need it. No, I need to build a legacy. I need to build something for the generation coming after me. So it needs to be a business. And yeah, I think that is all the mind when it comes to government, private sector, us saying, yes, this is where I need to be. This is where, need, where I need to make a change. Do you really understand the change you need to make? Yeah. And, and that yeah. is key for any industry, um, even for the wine industry currently, for the agriculture space in yeah. general. I think our mindset needs to change to understand that it's, it's my responsibility and accountability I need to take. That if I get maybe a land, if I get money, whatever, but also don't just wait. Yeah, we're talking about the concept we can start tomorrow. You can yeah. plant you can do small garden options tomorrow. You can do vegetable gardens tomorrow. Yeah. I have people in Bukwini that does it in the tires at the back of the yard. Absolutely. And they Absolutely. have food to feed for the kids at least. Yeah. Because yeah. this is where we're going and food security is becoming, is going to become an issue if we're not going to look at this in, in honest to... I don't um, even think food security is going to become an issue. Food it's security an issue. is an issue. We just it not, is. you know, we, we, just, we just almost separating ourselves from that uh, issue because you know we don't know we don't want to tread on people's toes we don't want to you know and and you know we need to cut the bullshit natasha yeah. to be very honest with you in order for us to move forward we need to cut the bullshit and i think i i said um you know one of the things was no person on this continent needs to go hungry now there's no reason exactly. for anyone to go hungry it is, uh, it is not, it, it's, it's, you, you need to eat to be able to live. Absolutely. Um, you know, let's just read the answers. There's le legislation and regulations around agriculture yes. is ancient. You're absolutely right. This it's, is a yep. sector that needs full transformation. Some of the acts go back to 1920. Absolutely. And yes. are, are the right people sitting around the table, Natasha? And let's, let's call this way this way. I mean, are the, are the people that can actually forge the change sitting around the table? Honestly speaking. <laughs> I know I'm putting you on the spot because you're very active in the... Don't answer it. Don't answer it. Don't answer it. Let me answer it. The right people yes. are not sitting around the table. Okay? I'm going to say... Um, I'm gonna it's still say Lily like White. This. It's yes. still Lily White. It's still prehistoric. It's still all of that. I'll be the bad one, Natasha. I yes. understand you need to protect your, well, I, I, I your bread and back. butter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just commenting on Lane. Is it the Lane? Lane Alley. Lanelli. So I agree totally with him what he said about so many people have backyards. And this is where my story comes from as a kid. I remember my mom didn't work. My dad was the only breadwinner. But like I say, 50% of your bowl of where it comes to fresh produce could have come out of the bag of our yard. Potatoes we had. We had spinach. We have tomatoes. We had um, carrots. Your, um, yes. And, and that's the thing. You that they sell it so yes. expensive. Quarto. There was gooseberries all over. Yes. Mulberry trees. Murbei Boma. Thank you. Murbei Boma is Roy. After that, you get in a beating because you look like an idiot being in that tree. But 
those are the type of things. And I think, you know, we, we're saying, and, I, and I've also looked at this report, they said, remember we're raising our kids with the science thing of, yeah, we're going to the IR for um, industrial revolution. Are, is our, are we ready? Is Africa ready? Is our people currently educated? The kids coming out of school with all due respect, I have to say, um, the, the academics is a problem for me. I've, I've looked at when I was um, enlisted in the University of Stellenbosch, the criteria you needed to be enlisted, how people are fighting to make it a less percentage. I'm asking myself, is this the right route for us in academic world to go into? But also, Martin, I'm looking at, at skill developments like plant production we're talking about. And something where you can people, and you know what I always say, I think black people have agriculture in their blood. All the we have been running the farms. We have been working on the farms. The only thing is we need to have the knowledge how to make this something we can actually make money and provide for our families for. And I think that is where sometimes we struggle when, when I say collaboration is key, where the person sitting maybe with the needed information like myself or the, the, the things you need and, my, and you and we as business people, people on this platform, that we should start making those small changes and say, how do I contribute to someone who has a skill? I remember the lady who runs the urban garden in Bakweni, Missingpo, a 56-year-old woman. Eh? She walks with a 25-liter um, water bucket every day, that canister going into to just to water the plants, water the urban, when there was a water shortage in the Western Cape, 56-year-old. And you know the value she teaches her kids, the yeah. endurance, the perseverance. Yeah. And she would yeah. walk like two kilometers to the urban farm garden because it was a community garden in the middle. She created jobs for other women in that, in that community. They used Amazing. to supply to water. And that is what I say. I think we can start in our communities. This is where we can start. We can start in our schools. And I think Fear it's something... Your dear. Yeah. Before you start <laughs> saying to someone, what are you giving me? I am yeah. not. Unfortunately, I wasn't raised like that. My dad told me, Natasha, in life, no one is going to give you stuff for free. You're going to have to work for what you want in life. And I think it's time that our youth, our generations, and we as the older generation need to teach that to kids. And agriculture, with all the respect, I believe is one of the greatest ways to teach kids about perseverance, about patience, Absolutely. about understanding that you have to wait, you have to water, you need to work the soil in order to produce something. I think there's so many beautiful things you can actually teach generations, younger generations, just through agriculture. Yeah, but we need and to using agriculture as a reference, but exactly. there's so many other things that it that it that it can help them help yes. them through. So I think it 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 basically goes back to our conversations that we're having at the moment, um, Natasha. That it's critical in order for our um, for our progression as as South Africans and the greater continent of Africa yes. to use our latent potential to yeah. co-determinate to, to, to co-determination elements, right? So yes. essentially we're all wanting to, you know, make money out of everything. But there's something called oh. delayed gratification. And there's yes. something called um, you know, our, our latent potential means that we sit with all of the IP. But we're not wanting to share it because we sit in our corporate jobs. We sit in our, we have to do, but it, I think the time has come where we have to take a co-determination approach. 
How do you yeah. feel about that? I mean, I think it's a paradigm shift for everyone. Yes. Um, and it's got it's it has a lot of dialogue that needs to go around it. But I think it's a necess it's a necessity for us to form those things in order. And and you know, I was listening to a podcast by by um or not a podcast, a live by Vusi Tembakwayo the other day, and they were talking about latent potential and co-determination yes. and all of that. And it was a reality of look at Germany, you know, Germany rose up because yes. and they mentioned it because of the how they structured their companies. They structured yep. their companies where there's shareholders and the shareholders and then there's workers. So yep. the workers would benefit from this company as well. And I think yes. that is something from a business perspective, it makes a lot of sense to me from a business coaching perspective. It's something yes. that I really want to research and, you know, and really um, robustly puts mm. us into into the mentorship programs that we run. Yes. Because yes. we're so used to me, myself and Irene. I'm so tired of this. This is mine. This is my, whatever. You're going to die with it, right? Yes. So at the end yes. of the day, why are we not forming these, for lack yes. of a better term, consortiums mm. yeah. and moving forward, forcing yep. change in yes. forcing change in policy? Because when you become that big, and call it, you know, we call it co-determination. You can call it um, um, there's, there's various words for it. coexistence. We can call uh -huh. it whatever we want. But at the end of the day, if we are a group of people that have the skills and the and the and the and the tool set to be able to get it off the ground, and we're not needing to get love off it, I yes. think it's critically important that we form those alliances yes. sooner than later. To to change the trajectory in, in the business world. How do you feel about that? You know, I'm a firm believer, and you know me. Um, I have friends in, in so many different areas, and, and I'm also a person that believes in collaboration. You can't be an island on your own. I think so, and, and the time is done. I think the COVID situation has, has showed us all that you can't be an island on your own. You need someone else to survive. You need the person next door to you or whoever. Because currently at this moment, and I think it's, 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 it's upon all of us, like you said, we're going to have to coexist. I think businesses that's going to make it after this is people that understand that part. And if you're not going to understand that I have a skill set, but I need someone else with a different skill set, I need someone else with a different, that's how you build a value chain. That's actually what they call it. A value chain is about what value each specific area or skill you need bring to the table. And so many times, even if you look at um, some of the entrepreneurs, with all due respect, we we, me, myself, talking back to myself, we so many times start our businesses thinking I can and be an island on my own. And that is the sad reality. When you fail, that is when you realize, but I actually needed that skill. I wasn't good at it. You don't need to be good at everything. You can have someone else that's good at it. And I think if we're not going to get to that place, and specific in agriculture, like I said, and I like what... Um, Leslie has said, it has been ages, the regulations in place, Liz. Um, I've spoken to some people and I'm fighting, and my team knows I'm fighting with national government in agriculture. And I said to them, maybe I'm fighting a losing battle because I'm expecting too much from the transformation within the wine space. Maybe the question is, what are you doing as a government? Not me. What are you currently doing and pushing forward? And we came to a place where we realized it's, it's a law. It's currently a law that is actually inhibited us to go further. 
within transformation, within the wine space specifically, I can talk about now. But within agriculture, there's so many laws that people don't realize. And then people just say, but this is the reason why it's not changing. So and that's why I like what you're saying. We have the skill. We have the knowledge. I have done agri-science. Why are we still holding back to see how we can change our communities, how our communities can benefit from purely just we showing them how this is possible to, to be your own, actually, business owner, to be your, your person that can provide for your family? Why are we still keeping that away from each other? And even coming back to, um, I'll say, I, I have a friend, I can't actually name his, I can't say his name, but he said to, he's in agriculture. <laughs> so he said to the, the chambers, he said to them in 2018, with their budget speech, he said to them, this is my last um, comment I'm going to make. And he said it to me, he said, Natasha, if we're going to fight against each other in the, in the term of agriculture and for land, we're all going to end up. I don't care who has land at the moment. There's going to be a war in such a way that none of us is going to have land at the end of the day. And I think that is where we're going to have to ask ourselves. We have to start at a point where we understand I need the next person in order to exist. And if I don't have the skill, if I don't have, for instance, maybe even the land, if I don't have the tools at the moment, who do I need? And I think it's going, to have, it's going to take all of us in this to make this work. But I do believe what the program we're running, we can already start with some of our own communities because this is where most of um, the need currently is in, in so many. But coexisting, it is, it's, it's going to be something that we're going to have to start working together. All businesses. Thanks, Leslie. And we definitely will let you know how uh, you can get involved in our programs. Believe it or not, we did yes. an organogram today. And yes, yes. you feature on it. So, <laughs> so thanks so much. much. <laughs> but we hate to be the bearer of bad news. But <laughs> you're ready. Put in there. You're ready. You, you, you have, you <laughs> you know, have a place. So thanks for the offer, but too, we knew from the start that uh, there's, there's a few people. Um, mm. And particularly because Natasha and I um, spearhead and champion women in agriculture Africa, you know, we, yes. we obviously want to do a lot more with women um, and not excluding men at all. So, mm. guys, we're not excluding you, but we do want to give the platform to more women um, because, you know, that's, that's just how things need to work. Women are still very marginalized. Um, and that then brings me, Natasha, to the question that, you know, I like calling people out. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm that girl. I'm, I'm the girl that calls people out. Um, I was referred to today as Judge Judy. I don't understand why, but anyway, somebody called me Judge I, Judy and I burst out laughing. Can you agree with that, Natasha? Yes, but, but I love, I choose my own <laughs> no, like that. Call me out. No, by all means, you call me out. So I am going to ask... Uh, you know, a question, how, what do we want from, what do we want to see from corporate South Africa? You know, I'm watching and I'm very involved in, and, mm. and you know, we'll talk about this at the end as well. Um, I'm, you know, we're very involved in the food parcel thing and, and all of those types of things, but it took COVID for us to understand that people are going hungry, you know, all of those types of things. Which was always true. Post COVID. And I understand that there are people that are home that, you know, are not at work and they are not getting paid and they need, you know, I'm fully cognizant of it. And mm. I'm really, you know, I'm trying my best, you know, how we, how we mm. hustling together to just get money to feed people. 
but it shouldn't have to be that all the time. How do we, what do we want from corporate, what do we want to see from corporate South Africa? What do we want to see from them? Because, you know, I'm tired of corporate South Africa with the CSI money on Nelson Mandela Day, <laughs> buttering sandwiches. No, Natasha, it's not even a joke. Like, I'm I tired. The colored word says I'm hotful of corporate South Africa, buttering and videoing them buttering sandwiches yes. on Nelson on the 18th of July on Nelson Mandela Day to go and hand it out to everyone. And tomorrow, those same people are hungry again. What Absolutely. do we want to see from corporate South Africa? Because I believe, ask and you shall receive. So corporate South Africa, if you're out there, we are asking right now. Yes. <laughs> the thing is, Martine, um, we had this discussion earlier, hey? At the end of the day, if, if corporate South Africa is still going to do their, hi, I'm here, I'm doing my thing, every time the Nelson Mandela 67 minutes thing, that is not where we can. That is not going to help our country. And the sad reality is, I said to you earlier, this is going to become food security or food shortage is going to become a social economic impact. Meaning, at the end of the day, people breaking doors down from shops are going to start breaking doors down at your home. You living in the estate. You living in the security complex. Because if we're going to come to a place where people can't feed their families. And this is the sad reality. Every parent, I'm not a parent yet, but I have obviously cousins. If I can't provide for them to have food on the table, don't you think people will go to inns and do things they've never thought they would do in order to provide for their families? And I think if corporate, when I say corporate South Africa, if we as corporates are not going to wake up and understand the responsibility to coexist, and to allow other people to coexist so that we all can grow as a unit together and humanity and also unity. We're going to struggle to see that our country is going to grow, not just economically. If you think about your economics when it comes to your business, that's the last thing you're going to have to worry. You're going to have to worry about you driving safely to home. We still already have these issues. You actually, your kids being safe in your house. Because if people can in numbers start to go and break down doors because they need food, I believe it's not far from it. If the country is going to go hungry, and I think after this even, so many people are still going to lose their jobs. There's even more for unemployment coming for us. We are 29% currently. We, we're going to rise. And that is my problem. If we're not going to look at this and see it's up, it's going to need, it's going to take all of us. And corporate is going to have to say, it's not just my CSI. How am I going to coexist, collaborate with communities? You know, From I enterprise development, skill development. The entire what, scorecard can the entire be, scorecard. you know, can, can, and, and Thank you. one thing I've, 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 um, in, you know, encountered with corporates is they deal with the scorecard like separately they yes. don't see the integration of the scorecard yes. and there's a reason why the scorecard is called the scorecard we might not all be agreeing with the scorecard but there's a reason why there's a scorecard because yes. it's integrated and we need to yes. move towards integrated models Fish to say models. this is csi Absolutely. this is enterprise development this is supply development but yes. this is how it all, all integrates into together. one right you know, I think it's true. It's very true, Martin. And I think looking, you just mentioned something. Remember, 
looking at where I used to work and also corporate in a way, I've always used to ask, isn't there small guys we can start supporting as a transportation company? Isn't there small guys we can support that has their own, maybe for instance, plumbing um, industry that's in these communities? You know how much value it adds is if a company of a corporate invests back into the community, they're actually the people working for them. I totally agree with you, Natasha. That's what I love, and eat, sleep every day. We talk about it every day. I'm and the very community that you're in, the skills yes. are sitting there, right? It makes absolute sense to share the sunshine because yes. then the community automatically forms part of your corporate culture. They buy into you. It's all of those types of things. There's a whole social psychology around yes. all of it. Please DM us your questions, you know, just yes. DM us, uh, send us messages, connect with Natasha, go to Natasha's page and um, just go and connect with her as well. I think I love what's happening with our lives. We're able to, and Natasha brought it so beautifully today. She said, you, we're sharing each other with each other. So, yeah. you know, people, and a lot of the times people feel that we are, um, we're not contactable, Natasha. We, we're out of reach for them. <laughs> and it's so not the case, guys. Oh, like true. we are the most reachable people. Yes. Um, and also, please, 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 we are now on podcasts. So please go. Um, it's called Intercourse Vodcast. We are on Spotify, on all the major platforms for our podcast. And this conversations will be on our podcast. So please go YouTube, um, um, Intercourse Vodcast, as well as Apple um, podcast. We are on all platforms right now. So please go and follow us. Oh. And, um, you know, Keith, I see you back. One statement that you made was hungry yeah. people are angry. Yes, people. angry people. I so, I so can relate to that because it, it creates, being hungry creates so much anxiety in us and we shouldn't have to have that. So I think we shared quite a bit with you and we were really yeah. spoiled with having my sister on the show this evening, Natasha. I cannot thank you enough. Like, you know what? Um, you just you're just one incredible human and I can I can chat with you for hours because you know what we share the same um, value systems we share the same views on things etc yeah. and both of us don't take no for an answer and we're really not um, you know um, in the space to 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 have to shy away from the uncomfortable mm. questions um, oh. but I you know and I love your outlook your positive outlook on on life and the value that you bring to, um, you know, the value that you bring to South Africa and Africa as a oh. whole. I mean, yeah. you travel the world, you've traveled the world with your winemaking, with your awards and all of those. And everywhere you went, you have held the South African flag very high as a woman of color at the forefront, knocking the doors down, kicking you know, kicking things to the curb and saying, <laughs> I won't accept this. And I love you for that. Um, thank so you. thank you so much. Um, I think we're definitely going to have to have a follow-up, but yeah. we are going to rely on our audience to, you know, to talk, to, to ask us about topics. I know that yes. there's a lot of inquisitiveness about hydroponics and aquaponics. Yes. And that is something that Natasha and I are spearheading at the moment yes. as well. We're writing yes. training manuals for it, you know, all of those types of things. It's, it's, it's in the pipeline, but things yes. does take time, right? Mm. So mm. please, if there are any skills that you have that you can offer us, please come on board, guys. 
this is where we, you know, this is a co-determination approach that we take yes. and we can all do this together. I always cool. say stronger together, hashtag stronger together. And then something I live by is the Africa that we want. Natasha, cool. say goodbye to our audience, but say goodbye now, Lickerman. And so you're going to come back. <laughs> Promise them you're going to come back. I will, I will. But yo, thank you so much, Mateen, for giving me the opportunity to share my passion, you know, agriculture. I've studied winemaking, but agriculture is my passion. Like I said, it's the greatest pursuit that I do believe we can change the wealth of Africa and even in the world and South Africa specifically. Um, and to be in, in the style that I usually I would have been in color to say um, bye <laughs> from Cape Town. But what I want to say, I think going back to coexisting, it, it's going to take all of us people. We're in a space where I said the other day, I, write, uh, I wrote a long message and I said, you're going to have to start making decisions based out of the framework that you have. And how do you change? Like if you make decisions as a framework, the lens, I call it in business school, the lens is the lens you use in order to make decisions. And I think it's time for us as South Africans to start getting the right information in order to, how can I say, put your framework or your lens in place in order to know what is it you're going to have to make tough decisions going forward. And I think for South Africa, if we, like you said, coexisting, collaboration, it is key. And I've said it so many times when I've worked as a winemaker, even or in the agriculture space, people will always be your greatest asset. And even in your business, and I think coexisting has to do with people. We don't have skills. If we don't, we don't have skills, we don't have people. And I think this is where we're going to have to go to understanding that this is the key to so many things that we can solve in South Africa. But I think for me, food security obviously is one thing. Um, and I honestly thank you for this platform. I think we're still going to talk a lot going forward when it comes to agriculture. And I would like to bring in the people I can't talk off on this platform with me in this agriculture <laughs> is to have the conversation around the yeah. table um, because I'm obviously I'm friends with them but some of them they can't I can't say what they talk to me about but if they're on a platform we can ask those hard questions when it comes to agriculture and I'm open yeah. to take my platform and use my context to bring them to a table like this so that we can yeah. ask those questions about agriculture that we need to be have answered because I believe it is it's a it's an unfortunately, industry that has been exclusive for some people and not an inclusive industry. And I do believe it's time that it should change because this is where most of so many things in our country, we can start giving people food for a day and help them to fish for themselves as well if we can. So, yeah. Yes. Thanks, thank Natasha. you so much. And thanks, guys. Thanks for your continued support and your encouragement and your love um, and just giving us you know the the oomph to come back and to do this and to share with you it is absolutely amazing the responses that we're getting is fantastic thank you so much please do dm us you know where to find us we are on um at mzansi fin ed um natasha please share your your handles i will i will i'll do and so then, you know what just go and find natasha Yes. Just Google Natasha Box. You will find a <laughs> whole lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of newspaper articles. She's quite the celebrity, guys. So you, it's somebody you want to connect to it. So you know what? Thanks again. And you know, um, you know the you know the drill, guys. Stay safe. Stay calm. Stay home. We love you. 
And we'll see you back here on Monday evening at 7 p.m. We've got Dr. Lucas Malloy that will be speaking to us about entrepreneurship, um, you know, the, the challenges that entrepreneurs are facing and what we as a co-determination team are doing to create platforms and just to create insights for entrepreneurs. So please back here on 7 p.m. on Monday evening. We look forward to seeing you. Love you lots. Stay Thank home. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.